Accessing library computer data. Out there, there are no saints. Just people. everybody welcome back to the show continuing our run through of star trek deep space nine right now we're at the at the episode called his way it's the 20th episode of the sixth season aired on april 22nd 1998 written by iris Stephen bear and hans beamler directed by alan croker in this episode odo consults a holographic lounge singer about his relationship with kira we're joined by clay by how are you good do you ever notice how people who uh primarily guys who really, really, really like the song My Way are the kind of people who never did anything their way in their entire life. <laughs> the, the only the only person I, I, I don't know personally anyone who really likes My Way, but I do know that I do enjoy the Sid Vicious cover of it. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, maybe he's doing it his own way. I guess you could look at it uh, that way, or I could say that he's being derivative of the pop punk scene or the punk scene in general, but I guess it, I, I take your point anyway about it. Yeah. There seems to be like this subset of older gentlemen who uh, uh, really love this song. Do you have a lot of Sinatra fans in your like circle? No. Okay. No, I've, I've just, I've just seen this, this interesting uh, thing pop up where it's people. There are people who like, this is their ethos is the song my way. And I'm then sorry. when you think about it, it's like you, <laughs> you worked at like an office job for the state for 35 years. You didn't, you've never done anything your way. <laughs> Clay, every time I get a new tribal tattoo, I listen to, to my way as I insist that the tattoo parlor puts it on and I listen to it. I don't, Sinatra's <laughs> one of those. Um, I, I've never liked Sinatra. I, c- I could probably not identify Sinatra. You know, like unless the unless he's singing my way, I probably would not be able to identify him. He's just a um, he's just outside of my realm of understanding in a way that like other people of his era kind of aren't. I would kind of recognize them, but, but for whatever reason, none of my family ever listened to Sinatra. I don't know anyone who's really into Sinatra. It, it's yeah. one of those things. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He he's fine. I mean, like I just I don't prefer him, uh, but I I can pick out his voice more easier than most of those other. Uh, Crooners. The Rat Packers. Uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty distinct. Yeah. I think anyway. Um but yeah, I I, I knew a uh I knew a girl in college who was a huge Sinatra fan and, and it was just it was a very strange it's always a strange choice mm. for me personally for some reason, especially when younger people are like, I just love Frank Sinatra. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. I, I that sounds dismissive. Like whatever you want. I don't give a shit. Yeah, uh, it you was go just, out of your way always, to get into it, though, I guess. It's not coming It's just to that you. song. It's that song in particular. It just bugs me because there is this weird subset of asshole people who love that song. Mm. And they, they think that it's this weird, like, defines their life and the choices that they've made. And it's usually an excuse to cover up the fact that they've really never not done anything that they wanted to do in their life. Right. And so, uh, you know, I'm just calling calling everybody out, putting you all on blast, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> also, fun fact, uh that song, is it that one? My way. I think it's I think it's my way. I could be completely wrong. But there's a yeah, I think it's my way. Comes from a um a three album set uh that Sinatra did called Past, Present and Future. Not a bad where, idea. Uh, yeah. The the past album was all like classic songs. 
and uh, you know cover uh, uh, standards and stuff. The present album was new stuff from him. Like I believe My Way was one of the songs from that album. And the future album, and I'm not making this up because it sounds like a joke, the future album was a sci-fi concept album. Nice. And it's an album uh, that me- for many years has been derided by Sinatra fans, <laughs> that, you know, and like people don't talk about it. But of course, as these things do, it's kind of come back and become like a cult favorite among you know, people who are not generally Sinatra fans, but think it's amazing that he made a sci-fi concept yeah, it's, it's album because it kind of is. <laughs> it's just Frank singing about the uh, the temples of Syrinx and stuff like that. Yeah, just going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's twenty-one twelve reaching Frank Sinatra. It was going to be uh, Junior was supposed to be the lounge singer, Frank Sinatra Junior. Oh he, yeah, he turned it down uh, because he didn't want to play a human; he only wanted to be an alien if he was on Star Trek. <laughs> just throw some fucking ears on him. I guess he was also offended. Uh, to be playing his father, I don't know what kind of um, uh, what kind of act he thinks of himself at the point at that point. But I guess he didn't want to be linked to his father. Right? That maybe I don't know. And maybe that's some kind of like honoring his dad or something, and not wanting to do it if he can't do it or whatever. But let's take a break. Play an audio clip. Me and Clay are going to come back and break down his way. You seem to know things. I've been around the block a couple times. Now you seem to know specific things. For instance. Dax and Worf are married. The chief misses his wife. You don't have to be an Einstein to clue into any of that. At one point, you were going to make an observation about Major Kira and myself. I thought about it, but I didn't want to embarrass anyone, you know, give away any secrets. Exactly what secrets are you talking about? Come on, do I really have to connect the dots? You're crazy about the bra, but you're afraid to do anything about it. All right, so we're back with His Way. Fresh off of In the Pale Moonlight, we've got our, we've got our come down episode called His Way. I think I, I like to he- imagine. I like to imagine that while all this is going on, Cisco is somewhere like with a gun in his mouth, dealing with the uh, guilt off of what he had just done <laughs> in the last episode, while the, everybody else is just fucking around watching a lounge singer in the Hall of Suite. Yeah, he's. Um- you know, I, I don't know what this goes up to. We get, I think we get one scene with him here, and it's actually my favorite scene of the entire episode is when Odo goes in and gives like a report to Cisco, and he starts singing under his breath, and then they start they yeah. kind of start yes. singing along with each other under their breath. That's a long scene. They it's, they just like they do that for a while. <laughs> it's the it's it's the uh, the forced bit of little writerly bit where Odo's singing to himself for about ten seconds, and Cisco's like, "Hey, like stop singing," and Odo's like, "I was singing." I, I was yeah, I didn't I, yeah. I didn't even notice. It's very very broad. Also, it works. Quick note: it's not my way. It's New York, New York that comes from that album. So, arguably, Frank Sinatra's most famous song comes from a three album trilogy that uh, one of which was a sci fi concept album. Nice. <laughs> What'd you think about his way? Um, I. You know, based on my dismissive comments last episode, I was really expecting just to roll my eyes super hard and not like this episode because mm-hmm. I was as soon as I read it, all I was picturing was the uh, Joe Piscopo episode from TNG. Yeah, where Data learns how to be funny from Joe Piscopo. Yeah, and aside from the fact that Vic Fontaine is apparently a very powerful AI, uh, given the amount of latitude he manages to, he's basically if if he was a he's Moriarty level powerful yeah. except yeah. that he doesn't you know he chooses to to use his powers for good um <laughs> uh i 
I re- I really like this. I think it was it was really charming, and I think it was uh, um, you know, despite its uh, leaning into or or tiptoeing around some Jordy LaForge level uh, uh, suite usage, um, I really liked it. I thought that I thought the end was with uh, Kira Onoto was was really cute. As much as it's weird to see anybody kiss that face. <laughs> I think there's two there's two things to talk about in this episode uh because I don't know if there's really that much else to say about it my 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 criticism I I'm really torn about what I think about this episode. I think my criticism would be that it's really very light fluff and, and that sounds more yeah, offensive yeah, yeah. than it actually is but it's like you know they, they do like three or four full songs in this. Like there's it's it's a right right. It, it's there's not a lot going on outside of Odo learns about this program, tries to use it to get better. The program tricks him by putting the real Kira in, and he exposes his true feelings to the real Kira. It's like that's basically yeah. all that happens, and it's yeah. it's it's very short outside of that. But the the two the two main topics of discussion, I guess, are the Odo Odo and Kira pairing. And mm-hmm. then there's the holodeck and tone episode, uh, tone of the episode. I think we'll do that one first, the holodeck episode. Um, DS9 has had the Hollow Suites for a while. Mm-hmm. I think this is only the second time that they've done what I would consider to be a holodeck episode, which is that mm. the most of it takes place in the world of the fantasy hol- holodeck. Um, the That's because be- most of the off time is is spent uh, just hosing them down. That's right. You, you get. <laughs> I was glad when it turned off at the end, when Kira turns it off, there wasn't some guy sort of in a compromising position over in the, the hall suite right next to her. <laughs> the, um, I think this is only the second. I think the first one is Arman Bashir. I can't think of any off the top of my head that go outside of that, which is the Bashir playing the secret agent one that we did right, with Darren. Right. Uh, I think like DS9 is kind of shied away from the holodeck. They make fun of it and it's referenced as like a background thing that's always going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we never spend time in it. This episode felt really different to me just because it's a DS9 episode that spends time in the holodeck world. And I think that that's probably the thing that I like the most of it because it is a a very DS9 take on the holodeck, which kind of treats it like really just kind of magical. It's, there's, there's, right, no, yeah. there's no sci-fi grounding to what's going on. It's just like, yeah, we're talking to dudes who are made up of light bulbs and nonsense and stuff like that. And let's see how it goes. But um, what'd you think of the tone of this? And what'd you think of the use of the holodeck on a DS9 episode, which is not too common at this point? Yeah, it definitely felt like a TNG episode. It felt like a holodeck, that kind of, that kind of episode. Um, uh, yeah, it was weird to have a self-aware holodeck program like that. Who's just like kind of cool with it. Um, my first, my first thought though is, you know, cause the problem with the holodeck, well, it's, it's not a problem, but like, as soon as, you bring attention to the fact that it is what it is. It just start, you start thinking about stuff. It, like I was thinking, so if you have dinner in the holodeck, what do you, are you actually eating anything? Right? Are you is hungry like when a, you leave the holodeck? You mean? Yeah. Is there like a replicator built into it so you are actually eating food, or is it? Are you drinking like pixels essentially? Right. Um, but you know, you'd then get, you, I think you get full. You just, your eyes will go cross-eyed thinking about ways that the holodeck is not real. I think it's food as long as you're in the holodeck, and once you leave, yeah. I think it all disappears. But so you, you do get full if you eat or drink on the holodeck. That is a fantastic way to have an, to develop an eating disorder. Yeah, or you or it's a it's it's the it's kind of an anti-eating disorder because the only way to stay alive is to stay on the holodeck if all you're eating is holodeck food. That's true. I guess. Yeah. 
Well, you're going to have some sort of disorder. I, mm. I mean, it's maybe they don't have a word for it yet, but well, now, now you see, get, now that you... would be that would be a Deep Space Nine holodeck episode. Now if you, someone now <laughs> develops you've got me an thinking. eating disorder. What if you were on the holodeck and you ate the food, right? But you sat there for a while and your cells turned the food into something else. Like it, it metabolizes it, right? So it turns it into like ATP or whatever cellular energy is called. Is that yeah. still holodeck material or have you changed it enough where it's now something else and it can leave the holodeck? Yeah, yes. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't mean to interrupt you though. You you were you were talking about the strangeness of the holodeck in this world and like living in a holodeck episode where things like that are something that you have to think about. Yeah, no, you know, that's just it's it's interesting when every time they 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 bring attention to that stuff. But as for the the tone of it, yeah, I you know, it's uh I thought it was pretty good. Like the um I I appreciated actually coming off of that last one being so heavy. Uh, that this one was a little bit lighter, and I know what you mean when you say it's kind of fluff, but you don't necessarily mean that in a in a derogatory way. Well, because it's kind of an important episode too. It for, is for yeah. Odo and Kira. It's certainly important, but it doesn't feel like it spends a lot of. Uh, it doesn't do a lot of important stuff to get to that important part. Yeah, I you know I think my what I would have done a little bit differently is I don't know if I would have taken Kira off of the station. Um, because I, I wonder if there's, there's some, some value in having and kind of doing the, the Jordy LaForge thing where, where he's in the hall of suite and he's doing the stuff, but then he's kind of getting confident, but then he keeps running into her on the, cause, cause they do the thing at the thing that they do at the end is essentially like they give this big swell to the way that they're reacting with each other and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, it, it culminates in them kissing and whatnot. Um, but there, that isn't the end. I mean, it's the end of a larger story of that, I guess, but they're not exactly like building to that moment through the episode, through interactions they have. Right. And, uh, maybe that's a different episode. I don't know. But, uh, um, it, his, his, uh, fo- his focusing on Shakar seems weird. Like I get it. I, I understand it. Uh, but I, I wonder if it would have it would have benefited from it it being a matter of uh, a bunch of interactions leading up to this. You know what I mean? Right. Instead of him dealing with uh, him lurking in the background while other people have conversations, and then yeah. him talking. I'm sorry, we were supposed to be talking about the holodeck, and I just was talking about anything. So no, no, that's fine. Because I, 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 I think that the the bigger concerns I have about this episode are the Odo and Kira stuff, which is kind of what mm. you're talking about. Um, Basically, just because it's probably a good enough way to go into it now. I think that I, I don't really know if this is the right thing to do with these characters. And I know that the yeah. um, Iris Stephen Bear really loves this episode. He's he's like mm-hmm. offended that people don't like this episode. And he really likes it. And the actors, Nana Visitor and Rene Auberjonois, did not want this storyline to happen, but they got overruled. I'm hmm. I'm conflicted about it because I think it I think it sort of makes sense and it sort of doesn't and it's it's tough to talk about stuff like this because who can say what makes sense in like a romantic relationship sort of like you right, you hit right. this point where it's like well I don't know you know I can't stop two people from falling in love with each other just because I think that their backstories don't make sense for yeah. that to happen <laughs> um would that we could Wes but I mean we would have saved lots of, of people lots of heartache <laughs> it, it maybe even goes into a bigger problem of 
the Odo and Kira relationship in general is maybe a little bit glossed over by the show in that he was a security guard investigator for the oppressor of her people for a long time. And it feels like that should be a little bit more prominent in their relationship. I can kind of see them working through it or something like that, but it's a, they have a very dark past, which they've kind of plastered over by showing us the the flashback episodes where they meet each other and they kind of show that, you know, they, they started off on the right foot and everything like that. But I don't know. What's your, what's your general take on whether or not Odo and Kira deserve to get together? You seem like you liked it, but I don't know if you've, um, I don't know if that's just like the emotional kick to it or if you've like uh, thought about it and you think that it's an appropriate thing to do. Yeah, I, I, I liked it in that I thought the, the way everything played out was kind of cute. Um, I thought it was a, a fairly heartwarming episode, but I totally understand that those, uh, the hesitation there. Like I, I, uh, I would, would not expect their relationship to go well. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Like I, I, uh, um, I, I think you can do both. I think you can have an episode like this where it's kind of like, Oh, they get together and it's cute. And it's this big, like emotional high point. But then like tomorrow, it's kind of like, uh, the this is going to be a lot more difficult than I think either of us realized. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of conflicted on it. Cause I, if I remember correctly, uh, when this stuff first started popping up, I think I said that I didn't want them to get together. Mm-hmm. And I think, unfortunately they kind of trick, they kind of trick you by, not focusing on all that dark backstory stuff. And yeah. you're all you're seeing really is you're getting the, the best part interactions. Of yeah. yeah. You're getting the interactions of how they work on a day to day basis. And it's not, they've never had like a, um, there's never been like that tension there really that they've leaned into as far as the backstory. I mean, when it serves a specific episode, it'll come up, but it's not like, it's not like Kira always is always, uh, uh, suspicious of Odo because of his involvement with the Cardassians or, yeah. or, you know, whatever. Um, it's, it's almost it's largely like the, forgotten about the series and their backstory are pretty separate from each other. There's the, yeah. the, the backstory and their interactions and the relationship that you'd think they have is not what the series wants to do with it because it's, they, they probably couldn't maintain that relationship, which is kind of an antagonistic relationship towards each other for seven seasons. Mm-hmm. It would probably get old. Mm-hmm. So you, I think I 100% agree with you. In terms of what the series has shown us, I believe that these two would get together on yeah, a yeah. more on a more like global look or whatever of what I know about these characters and what I know about and almost their personalities as to like Odo and Kira as personalities. I don't believe that. And I think that the biggest thing that they do to suppress that is they don't focus on Kira at all in any yes, of this. Kira's yeah. just kind of there to be one, and it's all through the eyes right. of Odo. And I think that Kira's stronger personality would actually have some kind of problem with this. And I think the Na Visitor actually understood yeah. the character pretty well. But they they get around that by just having her like it's the it's the ultimate geek fantasy. She she's just been waiting around for him to come right, along. And right. then when he finally does this silly thing, she's like, Of course Odo will be together. And it's it feels very juvenile, but it's charmingly juvenile. But I don't know yeah. how much to hold that against the show. Yeah, I would say I would agree. I think it is charmingly juvenile. Like I, I was expecting, um, 
what I thought was going to happen was uh, uh, after they did that first bit where, you know, the hologram looked like Kira and that didn't work or whatever. I thought what was going to happen was that they were going to do another scene with Odo and hologram Kira, quote unquote, hologram Kira. And neither he nor we were going to know that she was the real Kira. And so I thought it was, uh, um, so I thought it was going to sort of be like a a reveal where that kind of comes to a head a little bit more instead Mm -hmm. of it. not quite the way that it did, not, not in such a, you know, meet cute lovey dovey sort of way. Um, I thought it was going to be more like Kira's coming into this knowing that she is, she and, and, and Odo need to talk. And it's, it's that sort of thing. And there's a certain point in the scene where we, we find out that, Oh shit, this is the real Kira. And Odo realizes, Oh shit, this is the real Kira. What have I been saying? And then they kind of like hash it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they went the other way with it and that's fine too. But the, the, yeah, I think Kira, um, that dinner scene, yeah, I feel like she should, shouldn't should have been taken so easily by all that stuff. Like, I, I feel like, uh, I feel like another way they could have done it is, is her showing up for dinner and, uh, um, and, and being like, Odo, this is, this is something, but you know, I think we really need to talk and Odo being like, damn, this really is Kira. Thank Good work. You know, like that kind of thing where she's, she's not just like, oh, I'm so flustered. And you know, uh, I've been wanting to do this for a while, whatever. She's like, no, we really need to talk about this. And, and, and Odo respe- respecting the, the amount of accuracy in that sure. Kira would not fall for this. You know right. what I mean? That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he um, keep pushing against her. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I agree. I think. I think I think it's <clears throat> I don't think it has to be mutually exclusive. I think you can still enjoy this episode for what it is but also be like, yeah, this probably isn't the right choice. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's my I think that's kind of my problem with it. I mentioned Bear liking it. Bear had some kind of funny quote about it which I thought was um something that's along the lines of like whether or not we think that the epic episodes are the ones that stick. With him, let me see mm-hmm. here if I can find this. It's around here somewhere. Reception. Also, I think I think one of the reasons that it it actually works is because they're both really good in it. I, I thought I yeah. thought Nana Visitor was was fantastic in this. Like yeah. she, when you told me that they didn't, I mean, I think you said it before, but I forgot. But when you said just now that uh, neither one of them wanted this to happen, I was like, wow, she, you don't see that at all. She is a hundred percent in. Yeah, yeah, and. uh <clears throat> Listener Neil had mentioned that he thought Kira had become had come the far farthest since the pilot, the first season, with her acting and everything. I think yeah. she has. She's actually developed a lot of yeah. way. This is I, I'm kind of bummed that she. I mean, maybe I just never noticed, but I feel like she didn't really pop up in a lot of stuff afterwards. No, uh, you mean that's out of Star Trek? I can't. Yeah. I can't think of yeah. too much. No, this is the bear quote. I thought was interesting. Wait till she shows up in Picard and everybody loses their shit. <laughs> I don't think the fans of Star Trek realize just how difficult to show like his way or bada bang, bada bang is. That's the next uh, Vic Fontaine episode. They think that Far Beyond the Stars or The Visitor, a very socially conscious show or a show with very sensitive drama, those are the shows that are toughest to do. But in a series like this, to do light, successful humor, romance is incredibly hard on every level. Not just the writing, but just production-wise and everything. I think part of the reason that we love them so much is because we know what kind of sweat and blood went into them. And to make Mm. them seem so fluffy and so light and clever whenever they are working those qualities. 
So that's his defense of it, which I think is along the lines of like, why are the most epic episodes remembered? Um, Mm -hmm, And I'm sure mm -hmm. that you have a different uh, perception when you're actually doing the production of these things. I wouldn't agree with him that I think this is great. It's it's one of those, like, I don't think there's really anything wrong with it outside of the fact that I don't know how much it amounts to. And I, I find it charming. I like the singing. I like Vic Fontaine as a character. I think he's kind of funny. There's some decent moments. I like uh, Michael Dorn continues to do well with comedy where he's just mm-hmm. like, I prefer Klingon opera. He says that about mm-hmm. five mm-hmm. times in the first 10 minutes. And the the resolution of the Kira thing is just sort of fine. Like I'd almost like the episode better if the Odo and Kira thing was a, was not between Odo and Kira. Like if it was almost um, two uh, guest characters coming on that Odo was trying to make this work or something that we never saw them again, kind of. So it didn't have that um, lasting storyline impact. And that's not even to say that it goes bad, but it just, it feels like the, the culmination of their relationship in this episode feels like it's misplaced. And I would have preferred to have gone with someone like Odo playing matchmaker for some reason and that uh, working out for two other characters, but they, they don't do that. And the, the reason they wrote the story was to get Odo and Kira together. So that's the, the point of it. Yeah. I think you, I think it would be difficult to do this with two characters that are just there for the episode. Uh, I don't know if it would be as, I think if, if that was the case, it would be uh, a lot less enjoyable actually. Oh really? Cause I find the, I find the lighthearted kind of like, swinging jazz guy <laughs> sort of i find it almost like a disney quality to this like yeah. there's like mm-hmm. a uh beauty and the beast or something going sure, on sure. and i feel like i would have gotten away or been uh a very loosey-goosey with what i would consider to be developing a relationship quote unquote over the course of 45 minutes if it was just these two characters that i didn't care about because i feel that the odo and kira stuff is lacking that because I feel that these guys have a lot to talk about. I feel there's like, mm. we just got over their arc where they weren't talking to each other. And then they had that party and they talked to each other in the bathroom for five minutes and everything was okay. Yeah. I, I just don't feel that they are um, this lightheartedness of an episode or this fluffy, I guess of an episode is the right way to do it. You can do it lighthearted, but um, well, my, my point, my point being, I think if, if it was, if they tried to do this episode with two characters you're never going to see again, I think then I would have rolled my eyes and been like, Ugh, what are we even, you know, like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. unless, unless you are, <clears throat> unless in this alternate version, Odo's involvement is, is being used as some sort of like, uh, proxy relationship for him to deal with his feelings with care, you know, that right. kind of thing where, yeah. where it's like, he's, pining after her and so he's focusing his efforts on these two although odo doesn't really seem like a matchmaker type but i guess that would that could be kind of no that that would be the comedy of it like i i'm totally on board with him learning about his relationship with kira by helping other people to do something yeah i I think that's a a natural way for odo to sort of adapt because he is the observer yeah if you were doing that i think there would be potential um but uh yeah, I don't know. I think, I think, unfortunately, uh, well, do you have to get them together? I don't know. Odo and Kira. I, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like you got to do it eventually because they've been setting it up, but I guess you really don't. It's probably um, the hardest question of this series I've had so yeah. far, just because it's a, it's a how logical do you, or how cohesive do you want your writing to be, I suppose. And I like, I only have an intellectual 
problem with their pairing. I don't feel that right. I'm not like repulsed by them getting together. It's actually right. kind of charming when they get together and you're like, oh, well, what I was actually thinking of was, uh, it makes me feel that we're, it makes me, it reminds me that we're, we're reaching the end of the series actually, because yes. it feels like yeah. it's that kind of a finalizing story for these two to go through. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think it all works in that way. So I don't really like, it's an episode you that know, I feel you have to think about, but it's not an episode that you're designed to think about. So it, yeah. you're kind of stuck in the middle. I, I think I think you could have gone, you know, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know if it's like from now on they're going to be the equivalent of Worf and Dax where it's like they're holding hands all the time and everything's great or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. But I think, I think they could have not done this and continued to play in the sandbox of whatever their feelings are and their relationship and, and how – things are really tricky with them and bring it to some sort of conclusion, maybe in the, in the series finale or something. Cause I, I kind of don't, this is the kind of relationship where I don't really, if you're going to put them together, I don't know if I want to see what comes after. I mm. think it's more interesting to just kind of like speculate and be like, we've now put these characters in this situation. This is the last that you see of them. Um, it's up to you whether or not it goes well or whether or not it goes bad. Yeah. It's all those movies about a terrible relationship that ends with them getting together and you know that they're not going to last together with each other. Yeah. 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 Something like that. Um, you know, there's a reason, there's a reason why, uh, uh, when you have like a happy ending and then you do a sequel and it starts off with, you know, the happy pair being split, everybody gets mad. You know, <laughs> it's cause it's, because you don't want to see the react like uh like in star wars when you 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 leave you end uh return of the jedi and everything's great and everything's happy and luke uh leia and han hot leia and han are in love and it's great blah blah blah. everyone's dancing and singing yeah and then it starts off the next one it's like they've been divorced for years and their son is a sith lord it's like (laughs) and the the empire they were so happy it's like well yeah but you know you got to move your story forward and yeah you can't just you know wallow in the same shit anyway um yeah, I think those two. I I think the I think where their their relationship story probably should end is them kind of coming to a re- realization and being like, okay, maybe we give this a shot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if 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 they need to have like a big swelling kiss. Ma- Again, this is this is more the intellectual side. Like, as far as the way it was executed, I thought it was fun. I thought it was cute. You know, whatever. But uh, I think, realistically, for me, I would be more happy with their story ending, the the story of their relationship in the show ending with them being like, all right, we'll get, maybe we can try this, and then that's it. And then whatever happens after that is left up to the audience. Right. Yeah. No, I, I could see that. Um, let's talk about Vic Fontaine, I guess. What did you think of Vic Fontaine? I did not realize he was a recurring character. Yes, he's going to come back. I'm glad they didn't put Joe Piscopo in this slot because this guy <laughs> is a, a million times more likable. Um, he's pretty good as an actor. He's pretty he's pretty charming in this kind of um, this kind of setting and things like that. So I think he's got you know he's obviously got the look. He's got the whole job and the act down and everything like that. But he's very um, he's very he has a nice looseness with the entire cast that feels very refreshing when someone comes in like this. And it's just a, a non Star Trekky feeling to a character who comes in and interacts with the cast is always a very fun thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought his, uh, 
I thought his holodeck uh, teaching Odo how to be cool stuff was not as gross or as, uh, you know, palm, forehead palming as, mm-hmm. as it could have been. Yep. Um, yeah, he was pretty cool. Like, he, you know, in like in the classical sense of that term, you know, he was he was a good character. I thought he was pretty good. I don't know playing the piano. Just pretending to play the yeah. piano. <laughs> Actually, my favorite scene in the whole, my favorite scene in the whole show, which is not a Vic, Vic Fontaine show, but it did a Vic Fontaine scene, but it did make me think of it, is when uh, they cut to they cut to Odo's office and he and Quark are talking about Kira, and then halfway through, Quark's like, you know, I didn't cut, I came here to talk about a a. a, a a shipment that I yeah. haven't been able to get out of the holding cell. You're the one who brought up Kira. <laughs> that was great. They've been talking for three minutes prior to that. It's yeah. like, I just, I came in for some business. Good Quark and Odo stuff at this yeah, point too. It's- yeah. That stuff continues to be really good, even though it was kind of short. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So another holodeck question. How difficult is it to copy a holodeck program? Cause it's, uh, that's the other thing that seems weird to me is that like you, you have to have the specific hard disc, Mm-hmm. Or in this case, like vial full of fluid or something, yeah, a little to rod. slip into yeah. the machine. It's not like just uploaded into the system, mm-hmm. so people can't like multiple people can't use the same program at the same time. I guess that kind of makes sense because you know what is a holodeck program really? But, but uh, I thought uh, the I thought the program was Bashir's. So it's surprised that you leave it with Quark as if it's Quark's yeah, program. Like, yeah. I thought Bashir should take it home, and he just has to bring it over to let Quark plug it into his machine whenever he wants to use it. Yeah, something that would make more sense as to why you only one person would be able to use it. But then, you know, you got to get it from Bashir, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's a pain in the face, <laughs> But it's, it's just, it's like very charmingly low-key. Quark keeps it in a box behind the bar, basically, mm-hmm. to like to give access. Yeah, it's... Um, and then one day... One day Odo goes in to use the program and he accidentally took the wrong one and it boots up the uh, Wayun talking about the Dominion attacking <laughs> Romulus. Burnt enough to make it look like it was authentic. Yeah, um, decent episode. I think we're done talking about it, though. So let's take a break. Me and Clay are going to play another audio clip. We're going to come back, read some patron thoughts, give our final thoughts about his way. Odo, Wait. Major, if you don't mind, I'd like to forget all about last night. I don't think that's a good idea. We need to talk about what happened. Very well, then we can meet in my office in an hour. Well, let's discuss it over dinner. Dinner? Yeah, you can choose the restaurant, anywhere but a hollow suite. What about Shakar? Do you think he'll approve? I don't care whether he approves or not. Shakar and I are friends. That's all, friends. The First Minister asked me to update him on the war with the Dominion. My visit was strictly business. Now, are we going to have dinner together or not? And if we do, then what? I don't know. Maybe we could go dancing. And after that, I suppose you'll expect me to kiss you. Well, it's possible. But then who needs dinner? Why don't I just get it over with and kiss you right now? Well, why don't you? All right, everybody. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. If you want to become a supporter of the show, the best way to do that is patreon.com slash the Penske file. You go there a couple dollars a month and you get extra stuff like podcasts, Videos, blah, 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 AMAs, all that good stuff. Patreon.com slash the Penske file. Also, if you're a Captain Tier supporter, you get a shout out. Special thanks go to Andrew Sherlock, Ben Douglas, Bradley Killens, Captain Cork, Cardinal Doomsday, Christian Pouch, David K, Dwayne Hackett, Eric Johnson, Yarby, Joint Mango, Kevin Reyes, Kyle Barrett, Matt Cutler, Matt Ross, Mike Burnett, Nathan Elliott, Neil Brennan, Nick Sergi, Robert Cummins, Russell Elledge, Samuel Custer, Grim Santo, Sean Spinobi, Tark Latif, Vault 13 Hero, and Will Yates. Thank you very much, guys, for supporting the show. And now we're going to go to patron comments. If you're a patron, you get to leave your comments, and we read them on the podcast. Samuel S. says, his way. Star Trek the musical, eh? 
I didn't hate this as much as I thought I would. The Vic Fontaine character really saves this one, in my opinion. He was an interesting and funny character and added a level of charm to the episode that it badly needed. Odo hasn't gotten an episode focused on him since the end of season five. It's a shame that after such a long break from seeing him, we get this, a mediocre love story straight out of left field, three out of five. It's true, we haven't seen Odo in quite a while, uh, mm. really. They haven't even talked about the Odo. Well, they talked about uh, Odo and Kira don't want to talk about it during the war, which is that occupation arc thing that they get, which is why they're able to work with each other. But um, I guess they broke that I rule. I think, yeah, I think that's the other way it, this realistically would go, is it would be more of something that just happened out of out of the tension of the moment, sort of. Yeah. And wasn't this, you know, uh, uh, romantic comedy sort of styling? As yeah. As much as uh, the... the the um, boiling over of frustration and emotions based on situations and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's the episode, right, where they're Bo- Odo and Kira are stuck on a planet that's being bombed by Jem'Hadar, and they're about to die, and they come to their realization, you know, and then they're saved at the last minute, but they've already mm-hmm. talked about it. There's mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Did you see Aquaman? No. No. I watched Aquaman last night. It was <laughs> – it's a very silly movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in uh the the Jason Momoa is really good but he and and uh Amber Heard have like zero chemistry mm-hmm. and they keep doing this this romantic comedy thing where it's like you know a bomb goes off and and you know he reaches over and grabs her and then they both look down and the he you know oh my god I'm touching I'm touching her hand and they kind of yeah. look at each other yeah. and kind of pull. they did that like a thousand times and it never worked <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with anything, but... <laughs> Romantic comedy is not easy to write. Zam Nuclear Wessel yeah. says, I remember liking this the first time I saw it, but it becomes less and less watchable every time. I mostly like Vic's patter and the music, but the details of the plot are ludicrous. As I, as I get older and more hardened to, to love in the world, <laughs> as it be- gets harder to watch. As I become bitter about love that could be. It feels like someone's all-nighter first draft of a script. I that's unf- I think that's kind of unfair. Because, th- you know, that, that stuff, it's not... I don't think it's badly written. You know, I don't think it's it's not structurally unsound really. No. Uh, no. It's I think it's for what it is. I thought it was that it was done pretty well. I get the gist of what he I I I think it's the emptiness is what I would attribute that yeah. to because I do share sure. that sense that this, it's a fairly empty script and that it's like you're like I'm going to flesh out more stuff that'll happen during this episode. I have sure. this incredibly yeah. solid backbone, but I'm going to add some stuff later that never happens. Odo and Cisco hum a song together for <laughs> like three pages worth of script. Control S. Uh, I'm going to go get a coffee. I received bears running up saying, God damn it. We need that scene right now. We need the singing scene. Andrew Cherlog says we're, we're five minutes short guy guys. Is there anything we can do to pad this out? I've got a couple ideas actually. Yes. <laughs> Andrew Cherlog says as much as I like the idea of Kira and Odo having a relationship, this seems only to serve as a come down episode from pale moonlight an average episode with a little ham-fisted. That's a little ham-fisted. Although this kind of relationship only has a chance of working on DS9, where we know far more about the characters. Chad Wiley says, James Darren's character, who's at Vic Fontaine, 100% should not work on a Star Trek series, but he 100% does. I will die on this hill. I'm less thrilled with the Kira and Odo pairing. The episode reminds me of the old 90s trope that if the girl wasn't that into you, you just badger her with rom-com hijinks until she realizes you're, that you're her soulmate. But what can we expect from a Star Trek romance? At least we have a few good relationships in Worf Dax and O'Brien Bashir, and I'm dying on that hill, too. Mm. Norman- yeah, I think that comes from, unfortunately, that most of the time 
the stuff is written by men. Yep. So there's not really you you don't really have uh, an authentic female point of view, uh, unfortunately. No, there's not even there's not even a the there's stuff. not even a woman uh, or a female as Frankie. There's not even a female on the writing staff. I think at this point, yeah. so there's no there's no one in the room to sort of be like, eh, how about we do something else, uh, or yeah. not something else, but we do it a different way. Yeah, I I would be interested to see this. I mean, I, I guess any romantic comedy like this. I mean, I'm sure I, I don't know them off the top of my head, but it is if there are, I'm just going to shut up, shut up before I get myself in trouble. Continue. Sure. Norman Buckwald says, "Oh, where do I begin? Keep in mind that Odo's love for Kira was already revealed in Children of Time, where the friendship potential relationship was challenged during the occupation of the DS9 arc, and the follow up was an off-screen discussion that led to reconciliation. And you're cordially invited, and then not touched again until now." Vic Fontaine was an old trope sitcom solution to move the story forward when it could have been moved forward naturally on its own. I'm always suspe- I've always suspected watching the entire series that Kieran Oda would finally become an item. His way was just less justified than, say, Parallels was for Worf and Troy. Add to that the Kira, who is not a fan of holodecks, happens to be conveniently in one. Yeah, she was going to eventually go when her friends were involved, but she herself for meditation? What was going on? The usual meditation place was inundated with voles or something. Too bad it wasn't still down a few weeks later for Jedzia. It's too convenient, uses the typical sitcom tropes that a laugh track may be, may be, may be begged for the episode, and I'm sorry, Odo and Kira as characters deserved a lot more, and something could have happened more naturally than to have a holodeck character play matchmaker. I give his way two out of five in spite of the good acting, Nana Visitor's wonderful performance of Fever, and the plain fact that Odo and Kira finally become a couple. It is, uh, <laughs> it is kind of like the plot of, uh, uh, do you remember this episode of The Simpsons where it was just f- all the fake spinoffs that they were working on? No, I don't think and- so. Oh, it's so great! Like spinoffs uh, of, was, of Simpsons characters. Yeah, it's, the Simpsons is 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 so wildly popular that Fox is 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 milking everything they can out of it. So they're spinning off all of these you know sh- shows with side characters, and they uh um <clears throat> and one of them is uh, Grandpa Simpson dies and his ghost gets stuck in a love tester machine inside of Moe's, <laughs> and so then the the haunted love tester gives Moe relationship advice. Yeah, and so he has to drag. He uh, uh uh he gets a date with this woman, but Moe's too insecure to, to to handle it himself. So he drags the love tester machine along with him and puts him in the bathroom, and will abscond to the bathroom to get advice during the date. Yeah, it's basically the same concept <laughs> as this episode. <laughs> Kyle Barrett says, "I didn't like the decision to have Odo and Kira be romantically involved, and yet somehow I can't help but enjoy the episode. It shouldn't work, but it does. No doubt because of a good script and the casting of James Darren as Vic Fontaine, who I love." We know how much Odo pines for Kira, we've seen it for seasons now, and so I feel that the episode in which they finally get together should have been from Kira's perspective. At this point in their relationship, she's the character that needs to act to develop it into something romantic, and while we get a bit of that, I wish we got more. But as I said, grievances aside, the episode is a lot of fun. And then Matthew Ross says, Although I like the singing, I always had a problem with the superior and hyper-aware hologram. Look, we all know the pattern of intense and semi-silly episodes— but this romance episode felt out of place. The overly aware hologram always has some other implications on how far they are aware and their powers to know things. I also guess the writers are enamored with the 1950s. And then again, you go back to what does Odo get with being out of being with Kira, as he can only join, have sex truly in the link. Whatever. Also, watching the extras get ready to turn and act surprised. Ugh. Stopping the promenade for a kiss. Please. I don't hate this episode, but I don't like it that much. It's more akin to Three's uh, Three's Company or even a Friends episode than a Star Trek episode. Final comment. 
Christian Pouch. The premise of a holographic lounge singer in DS9 is bizarre, especially when they have Quark and his bar so well put together, but I actually really like Vic Fontaine. I think it fits a very different niche from Quark. Nobody should go to Quark for relationship advice. And he feels more legitimate than other period holograph programs. I've actually met the real guy, James Darren, in person. He was quite friendly. But the rest of the episode is fun he to watch. He introduced me to my wife. <laughs> for the rest of the ep- good callback. For the rest of the episode, it's fun to watch poor Odo struggle over relationships so so much, juxtaposed with how good we know that he is at his regular job. I'm a huge softie, so I enjoyed watching them get together, and I love the music so much that I actually own James Darren's album. I thoroughly love this episode. Interesting. So here's There's a, a widespread of uh, opinions about this one. Go ahead. Here's a question: Would it have been too meta if? The holograph, the hollow suite program was uh, Bashir having a hollow suite program of his favorite classic American sitcom mm-hmm. and Odo not understanding what that concept is. So he's goes into it and, and, and does this stuff seriously, but he's actually injected himself into a sitcom plot, Yeah, which is why it plays out. Like a sitcom, essentially. Oh, I see. Sort of, yeah. I mean, sort of like uh, like uh, owning owning the trope you're 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 doing, you know? Right, right. I mean, I think that all that does is that that certainly provides a framework for what Odo does. Although I, mm-hmm. you know, my my main problem isn't that Odo goes to this guy for relationship advice. Really, it's it's like um, the setup there is actually clunkier than it feels. Like if you're like Bashir uh, created this lounge singer act guy and it's very good at giving relationship advice for some reason like there's no, there's really no reason why this guy should be good at giving relationship advice but he is and it, it sounds clunkier than i think it works in execution yeah 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 i th- yeah i think it's fine you know i think it's it's one of those ones where it's i think the fact that it's odo and kira makes you think about it too much yeah like if it wasn't odo and kira i think it would be if this was an episode with jake and I don't know. Some Another Dabo, Dabo girl. girl or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, that's actually what I think. That, that's what I was sort of saying earlier about two characters that we're unfamiliar with. I think Jake would actually be a good one to do it with, though, because he is younger. You know, you know what actually would be a really good one is um, O'Brien and Keiko. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> they she's always this, yeah. Yeah, she's always off, off doing something, you know, teaching on some planet or something and he's always by himself even though Vic Fontaine is like you clearly don't like your wife do you <laughs> he's um, like stop looking at the other women buddy you got someone yeah. at home Get as out long of here. as you got a ring on your finger you can only look <laughs> um even though Brian doesn't that, that relationship is just so, like even Carl Meany doesn't even play that very like effectively I don't think like he he the, the just the Keiko and O'Brien thing it just makes no sense like when when the Vic Fontaine tells him like, "Hey, you can look, but don't touch." Uh, O'Brien's just like, eh, "Yeah," <laughs> just like sips his drink. There's like no characterization imagine, to what that relationship is. Imagine, imagine, imagine if they had done that same scene as and when he says, "Hey, you can only look, but don't touch." He goes, "Yeah," and then he just casually turns his head and glances at Bashir. <laughs> that would have been great. Um, but yeah. no, like, uh, like imagine, uh, imagine. Um, you know, uh, Odo is 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 dealing with not knowing how to to deal with his uh, feelings towards Kira. They go into this thing, and you know, uh, Fontaine points out that 
O'Brien is is bummed about whatever, and then O'Brien's griping about his relationship with his wife. So then Odo, not understanding how human relationships work, but understanding that this guy is supposed to be part of it, you know, uses this holodeck program to get O'Brien and Keiko back. So it's the same kind of beats, but with them, and you know, yep. yeah, I think I think that's the th- I think that's the thing. I mean, this that's this is a completely different episode, but uh, I, I don't think it. I, I think using two unknowns, I don't think would help because I think it would just become even more disposable. Sure. And you want to but build if you have something. characters who don't whose relationship is is they're they're known characters but their relationship isn't like story breaking yeah um i think it, it you could have done it that way yeah if you didn't <laughs> want to go straight with uh odo and and uh kira i'm just picturing uh it, it's basically like the the o'brien version of this episode is that 35 minutes in o'brien's like wow vic been really great to meet you uh I'm going to go get Julian and we can share this holodeck experience. He's like, how about you get your wife? How about you? Yeah. <laughs> how about, how about, it's just like, he's very exasperated. He's always going to go a cigarette, tra- an ashtray full of cigarettes in front of him. He's just like, come on, come on. What are you doing? Yeah. I, I'm so, yeah. I'm, it, 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 since this was like the mid to late nineties, I'm sure they, they wouldn't have any problem having Vic Fontaine. They would be like, well, he is supposed to be from the fifties. So we can have him make like a couple homophobic remarks, right? right? <laughs> but like ones that are okay to get through censorship, like, uh, accusing him of being light in the loafers yeah. or something, yep. you know, it's a good one. No, that's just how they talked back then. <laughs> as a, a, it was okay. If you, if you know that it's on, uh, not okay now as a, um, a mind hunters that came out uh, recently where that they do that. Cause mind hunters is from the seventies, I think. So they, right, they, right. they use the game smear the queer as a reference to show you that this is the seventies. Yeah. Exactly, yes. Um, I think that's it. Thank you, patrons, for your thoughts. Clay, what are you going to give this one on our scale of one to five? Um, I'm very torn about this. I think you might be yeah. surprised by my answer, but... I'm kind of leaning towards a four, honestly. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with a four, because I think it's... I, I and For everybody screaming at me, I understand. I get it. Uh, it's... But it's... Uh, I think it's fun. I think it's an enjoyable episode. It was an episode I was expecting to hate. I think it's taken another thing that TNG does uh, that they didn't do horribly successfully as far as like uh, holodeck love episodes. And I thought they did it pretty well. Um, Everybody in it's really good. Um, Does it maximize its potential? Probably not. But I think it's a good time. And I think it's more. I think I let's put it this way. The threes that I've been giving out have been ones that have just sort of been like middle of the road, yeah. don't really love it, not really engaged. This one, I found myself like really smiling and being, you know, charmed by it. So I think that deserves an extra point. Yeah, I was I was actually batting around considering giving it a two. I, I like I I don't I think I'm going to give it a three, but. It, 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 I, I feel like it's one of the weirder rating ones that I've had because I yeah. just I don't. Yeah. I don't think there's anything really wrong with it. It's just kind of a strange, when you think about it too much, it becomes this weird kind of version of an episode, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it, and I enjoy watching it. I think my my only counter to it is, I think, I would probably not just watch this episode. Uh, like, okay. if I'm if I'm flipping through it, I'm not going to watch his way, I don't think. Like, it's not going to be... See, that's funny, because I actually thought about it the other way, where I was like, this is an episode I could see just throwing on and having a good time watching. Oh, interesting. 
Yeah, because I mean, you know, I guess it depends what you're looking for out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give it a three. Clay will give it a four. Um, I won't. Keep, I won't go too offensive. I'm. I'm so indecisive about it. I'll go right down the middle of the road, even if I think it's better or more interesting than a middle of the road episode. I'll give I, it a three. I feel like in response to uh, the way people reacted to. Um, oh, what uh, was that? Uh, wrongs darker than death or night. Yeah, I feel like I should give this a hard five, <laughs> just to just to put my foot down. People have no idea what to expect next. Guys, thank you very much for listening. I'm going to give it a three. Clay gives it a four. Clay enjoyed it. And uh, surprises continue on our DS9 run through here. So you can check out all the links down below, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Discord, all that stuff. Join the conversation at Discord, patreon.com slash Lipensky file if you want to support the show there. Clay, do you have anything you want to say before we sign off? Uh, the Kickstarter for Bloody Hell still going. We actually, this weekend, we passed $20,000, which is amazing. Yeah, thank you. We we unlocked uh, the stretch goal, $20,000 stretch goal, which is everybody gets a print set um, from of the pinups from my pals from the Sean Murphy Apprenticeship. So that's uh, George Coelho, Corinne Howell, Tana Ford, and Stephen Green, who are all doing amazing pieces. I'm going to be putting up a couple more this week uh, from those. But yeah, it's up for just about two more weeks. Uh, my goal right now is to double. So I asked for 12 and I'm at 20, 20,500 or something. So I'm, I'm aiming for 24. Yeah. If I can hit 24, I'm going to, I'm going to feel, I mean, I already feel great, but I was going to be feel vindicated. Yes. Yes. Like Vic Fontaine after a yes. great night. So uh, yeah, singing. if you want to thanks again to everybody who's thrown in. Um, there's actually, there's a, a new reward up from last week. You can be a guest host on the Bat-Ass podcast with me and Sean if you want, if that's something that interests you. So uh, head over to bloodyhell.com and check it out, B-L-O-O-D-Y-H-E-L.com. Thank you very much. Thank you for supporting the Kickstarter, guys. And thank you for listening to the podcast. We are done with this. The next episode that comes on to our DS9 watch is The Reckoning. We'll be back with The Reckoning in a couple days. Until then, see ya. 